Bonsoir, mon ami. Butter my biscuits. Butter ton biscuit. Uh, welcome, uh, folks and, and dames and, and, and crooks and criminals. This is uh, episode 59 of I Learned Nothing, a philosophy podcast for swindlers and swine. Episode 59. <laughs> <laughs> it's two men who don't get sexual slang. Why would we? I don't see the point. <laughs> we haven't had sex in years. I'm sick of sexual uh, slang. Just, you know, be honest. Sex slang. Ben, you got to be honest and open with your partner, you know? Yeah. Honest, open, and sizzling. And sizzling. <laughs> see, that's the one thing that people don't tell you. It's like, you got to be open with your partner, but you also got to be hot as fuck. Yeah, you also got to be super hot. Otherwise, it's not going to work. <laughs> For all you guys, hey, you know what? <laughs> be more hot. <laughs> I'm going to tweet that. You got to yeah. be honest and with your partner, but you also got to be hot as fuck. Yeah, you got to be hot as fuck. The worst. Um, well, speaking of hot, uh, look who's back uh, from tour. Yes. Uh, the road my, dog himself. Yeah, the road dog. Uh, Senor Patricio Dean, my student. My name is Benjamin C. Charlock. I am... Uh, pilot and co-pilot of this intellectual beast we call I Learn Nothing. Yeah, I'm the uh, I'm the flight attendant. Yeah, you're the flight attendant. I'm the sexy stew. Yeah, <laughs> the sexy stew. Oh yeah, that was like a thing in the '60s. The stewardesses they were just called sexy stews. I've never heard of that. Oh before. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> yeah. This might surprise you. Uh, rampant sexism in the airline industry in the '60s. Yeah, but stew. I got a ma- stewardess. I know, but that sounds like they're just a bunch of Stuarts. I have to imagine like they're all like they're all just dudes named Stuart. Being a pilot in the seventies, you must have gotten laid so much. People oh, were like, oh yeah. you're a pilot? You want some cocaine? Yeah. Let's... They had their own hotels where they slept on and those yeah, pretty, dude. basically just brothels. That's what we should have been. We should have been seventies pilots. pilots. <laughs> we should have been pilots in the seventies. Well, Ben. You know what? It's not too late. Well, it is. <laughs> it that, that's is the literally too late. The, the the crushing reality of time is that uh yeah, keeps on marching forward towards a uh, impenetrable wall of death. But <laughs> it's good. anyway, it's good to be back. Yeah, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm Pat Dean, the protector of Manor Road, and I'm back, and I'm ready to learn, baby. Guess who's back? Back, back again. Yeah, Patrick's back. Patrick's back. He's been home for two days. <laughs> <laughs> He's tired. He's tired. He's tired. Um, yeah. Uh, again, my name is Benjamin C. Cholock. I'm uh, the warden of Princeton Prison. <laughs> uh, where where all of you fallen decide to take uh, these supplemental classes to right. uh, for parole? Yeah, a lot yeah. of we actually recently, and uh, I can't believe we haven't mentioned this before. We actually recently were contracted by the uh, Texas uh, prisons. Yeah, Department and, of Corrections. Yeah, and yeah. they they actually play this podcast on a loop in every single prison. Uh, they find that it helps keep. Uh, you know, the, the prisoners the, come. It, docile. They learn something. And yeah. also they play one episode in a loop, so they slowly drive them insane. Yeah. So, um, sorry. Sorry, boys. 
Well, anyway, um, today uh, I'm going to drive you insane as punishment for leaving me. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> you're you're, 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 <laughs> you're going to teach me this poor sack of shit. Mm. Something about philosophy. A little bit about philosophy. One thing that we're going to mention before we start this episode, uh, we're starting to get a, a bunch of new Patreon subscribers. Yeah, isn't, we, isn't that do, fun? we are. I noticed that we picked up a couple more. Picked up a few. Yeah. So uh, if you've already subscribed, we thank you. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, shame on you. Shame. Shame. Uh, it's basically uh, we flip the scripts where our Patreon. I actually teach Ben about something. Yeah. Uh, usually I, I get to be obtuse and uh, impatient. This yeah. Time. yeah. Isn't it fun? Yeah. <laughs> to be as impatient as I am, it fucking rules. It actually is. It, it's actually very cathartic. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I feel better. I don't know about you, Ben. But, uh, why do you think I always got a smile on this face? <laughs> it's because I'm so impatient. Yeah. So anyway, uh, it's five bucks a month. You get a bonus episode. Uh, also, if you do subscribe, you get uh, access to all the back catalog too. I think we've done fifteen of them. So yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, so think about 15? that. Give me five dollars. Um, yeah, give us five dollars, hey, guys. Give, <laughs> give me five dollars. Give us give each of us two fifty, please. Two dollars and fifty cents. Come on. We, we desperately need to do laundry. Uh, I haven't done laundry. <laughs> ever in a month. <laughs> Why would I? I just I, yeah, I wear a shirt two days in a row. I throw it out and I buy a new one. That's just what I do. Yeah, that's uh, I've advised against that so many times, but you insist on doing this. Hey, man. Uh, because of your diseased mind. Well, and, uh, <laughs> what can you do? It's not my fault. Yeah, no, it's not your fault. It's just this some, is uh, me, Robin Williams, <laughs> staring at you, Matt Damon, saying it's not your fault. I do consider me the Matt Damon of Austin comedy. Yeah, the, will, the will hunting of Austin comedy. I'm will hunting, dude. Yeah. <laughs> You're just writing jokes on like random chalkboards? Yeah, someone will like yeah, they'll, they'll put yeah. a, a the, setup on the on the, right. on the <laughs> yeah. chalkboard and I come in at night and I write the punchline yeah. and people are like, this is brilliant. It totally I didn't see this coming at all. It subverts yeah. everything. I've thought about everything. And I'm just in the back like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Then I just go to open mic and bomb my dick off. So it's <laughs> very confusing. It's yeah. kind of an odd thing. It's very, very weird. But uh, yeah, anyway, so anyway, that's our Patreon. Go at five bucks a month. Yep. Bonus episodes, fun times had Bonus by all. Bonus episodes, we got 15 of them. Uh, yeah. Definitely, uh, and the last one mentioned that it was episode 14. Uh, reason was, that was very, very high. Good Lord, man. Because, <laughs> because you'll enjoy our last episode. Since Pat was away on tour, yeah. uh, we brought in a substitute teacher. A substitute Pat, which substitute is really infuriating. Which is really weird. Just another guy named Pat. Yeah. Another fat dude named Pat. Another fat Pat. It really is infuriating. Speaking of fat Pat. What? Guess what we talked about? Uh, the rapper Fat Pat. Uh, among among others. Good yes. lord. Uh, Houston rap. Houston rap. We discussed Houston rap with Pat Soroyes. Why not? And uh, we got very high for that one, so that's why I mistook that episode for episode 14. Wow. But it was, in fact, episode 15. God, I'm going to listen to this, and just there's just going to be like seven minutes of silence as you guys forget you're recording a podcast. Good lord. You know what? Don't subscribe for the Patreon. It's, it's been a terrible uh, idea. But uh, yeah, Pat Soroyes from the Lie, Cheat, Steal podcast. So check him out on yeah. there. Exclusively on our Patreon. On our Patreon. What the fuck are we learning about today, bitch? Okay, so I, I honestly don't even know. You don't? Yeah, you don't know. Well, good because it's it, this is a big one actually. Oh no! This, <laughs> yeah, these are always so conf- the worst ones. You're not gonna like this one at all. Oh, God damn um, it! <laughs> um, what? This is this is even one guy who I I don't even really like that much. Um, but we have to talk about him because we have been a little analytic heavy on this uh, on on our episodes here. We've not been talking a lot about continental philosophers. See, Ben, and I've been telling you this the whole <laughs> fucking time. Yeah, that's right. You you did 
to your credit, you did say, hey, we need to mention a little more continental philosophy, not as much analytic philosophy. I look at Ben uh, uh, after we record, and Ben goes, how was that? And I go, would have been better if we were going continental. Oh, yeah. Well, put on your continental breakfast eating shoes because... They're always on, baby. <laughs> you're going to get some croissants, uh, some some assortment of melons. Yikes. And uh, maybe a Danish or two. A Danish? Yeah. Come on. Are you kidding me? Yeah. This guy sounds pretty great. Well... Maybe. What's You'll his deal? Who is he? And I'm uh, assuming it's a man because of sexist Ben and how Ben really <laughs> well, only chooses to... Well, you'd be right because <laughs> it is a man. Uh, and so uh, it is mostly because of sexist philosophy. Um, <laughs> Your sexist feelings. Your yeah. latent sexist feelings. Yeah. Well, that's why I picked philosophy. I was like, what field has the least women? Yeah. And that just... Ben was sitting there... <laughs> dove, dove dick deep into that. As an 18-year-old youth just going, well, as a latent <laughs> sexist, how can I get out these feelings... That I don't even understand. Yeah. I know. I'll become a full blown sexist, not a latent. <laughs> you're full blown. You're you're uh, FBS, dude. Full blown sexist. Full blown sexist. <laughs> ben Cholock, full blown sexist. This fall on NBC. I'll change my Twitter name to that. Full, full blown, blown sexist. sexist. <laughs> well, no, you have that DSA thing up, so people will be like, "See, I told you." Oh yeah, that's right. I, I'll discredit the. Oh, I went to a DSA meeting yesterday. God. Oh right, <laughs> we couldn't record our podcast, our award-winning I, podcast. I went to my so, my little socialist meeting. You went to your little socialist club. How yeah. was it? It was actually really boring. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah, it that's sucked. weird. Yeah, it was really exhausting. Why? Um, what happened? Nothing. It was just like everyone's talking about safe spaces and shit, and like you, know, you know, you know me. Yeah, you're I'm a bad a, boy. I'm a bad boy. No, it was just really boring, and I wanted to go home. And uh, we had to vote on. Were um, they being shitty to Josh Androsky for no reason? Because that seems like they like to do that. Oh yeah. Well, no, not not this chapter because this was the Austin chapter. He's, oh okay. He's in L.A. But um, no, it was just like we were we were voting on like who to endorse for like uh, whoever was running for city council or something like that. Oh, God. And I just wanted to go and just vote for someone. But they had to talk about all this shit beforehand. So I, I literally went to them, went to like whoever was running it. And I was like, can I just vote and get out of here? <laughs> that's so funny. What did he say? He was like, yeah, that's cool. Sure, comrade. Yeah, he let me. So I just like voted and left. Well, meanwhile, everyone else just stayed. And did talked. your guy win? I have no idea. You don't even know? No. Ben. Well, not, we're not supposed to know like right then and there. Why not? Because it takes time for them to count up the votes. Oh, come on, DSA. <clears throat> anyway. That's not what we're here to talk about. Well, fair enough. We're here to talk about a postmodern philosopher. All right. We haven't done postmodernism in a while. Last, no. Last guy we did was a French fuck named Michel Foucault. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah? Yeah, I remember that fuck. Okay. Well, this guy is also French. Guess what? They're all French. Why are they all French? <laughs> I don't know. What is up with France exactly? What, Dude, that's a whole episode in and of itself. Isn't it illegal to like change French? You know what I'm talking about? No. Not I, in the words you put it in just now, because that makes no sense. No, I think they're like not allowed <laughs> to have like loan words. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, so the, the Academy of French or whatever. Um, hey, France, it's not that great. Yeah, You're yeah. You're not so great. No, no one really no one, no one, one really follows it. Like, actual French speakers don't. Like, okay, so one example of what you're talking about is, uh, like, yeah, you're not supposed to take in... French isn't supposed to use loan words. Or something, right? So why would it's in Europe, surrounded by a bunch of countries? Yeah, yeah. Have, why? Why would it? Totally different languages. Yep. No, um, totally doesn't make any sense to do that. Um, but one of the main examples was like uh, when emails came around, like you know, since you know, email was invented by us, or you know, sort of by English. Uh, everyone just started saying email because it's just easier. Sure. You don't have to come up with a whole new word. 
for Le email. Mail. But guess who decided to come up with a whole new word for email? Was it the country of France? Yeah, it was. And they came up with some word that, that's it's like courriel or something like that. Okay, well that's that's terrible. <laughs> it sucked. Hey France, guess guess how well that did. France, <laughs> I, I think you're a little full of yourself. Uh, a little. I've also I've heard your rap music and I'm not impressed. I don't like it. It's not that great. No French rap. We 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 ha ha on the boulevard or whatever. It fucking sucks. <laughs> That's your French rap impression? Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 oui, oui, oui. On the boulevard. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say it's well thought out. <laughs> Man, did MC Solar just walk in here? Uh, That's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. Okay, so anyway, we're talking about Jacques Ugh. Derrida. All right. All right. He is, uh, he is a monster of French philosophy. Um, he's a baguette-loving piece of shit. Uh, but he's actually from, uh, he's from a place where you have some friends. A place where I have some friends. Yeah. Uh, he was born in McDonald's. <laughs> so I'm on a first name base with those guys. I walk in. No. Hey, Bradley, how you doing? They're like Dean, man. Think of a think of a Middle Eastern country that used to be owned by the French. A Middle Eastern country that used oh uh, Algeria. Yeah. Wow. He was it's born a in North African country, by the way. North Africa, fine, whatever. Um, <laughs> stupid idiot. <laughs> I guess by Middle Eastern, I just meant Arab. Right. But uh, but yeah, he was born in Algiers. Wow. In 1930. Okay. I wonder yeah. if my Algerian friends know him. I, I'm sure they don't. Maybe Rakim. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> we should ask him. I'll ask. You know him. what? We're gonna pause the podcast. And I'll we're call, call him real quick. Call Rakim. Yeah. And see if he knows Jacques Derrida. Uh. Okay. Yeah. And we're back. Nope. Didn't know him. <laughs> <laughs> Never met him. Um. Yeah, so uh, this guy was born in 1930, died in 2004. Okay. Okay. So when he was born, uh, he was... Okay, so he was a Jewish dude. He was a Sephardic Jew, also Algerian. Jackpot. Also French. So he was three different things. Wow. Okay. So he had a lot of problems with identity. Didn't know exactly, you know, how he identified. Yeah, I knew this kid in high school uh, whose dad... Is like you know white dude, uh-huh. uh, Jewish gentleman, but he was born in Morocco, so he's like Moroccan. Yeah. So technically, he's a white African American Jew. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot. How how, how is he? Is he okay? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> no, I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he still lives in DC. Okay. Well, that's good. All right. So this guy was a postmodern. It's Donald Trump. I'm talking about the president. <laughs> no, it's not. It was. <laughs> No, it wasn't. Eh, maybe it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, he had orange hair. <laughs> weird orange hair. This is all Moroccans just like have weird orange hair. You know, I think it's kind of tight that our president's orange. That's kind of cool. You know, he I just guess. looks ridiculous. He looks like a clown. Yeah, it's it's so funny. <laughs> he just he looks exactly the way. Like basically, if you if you if you were told about like what this guy's personality traits are like and like wh- what he's been doing since he's been in office, yeah. and you don't know what he looks like, if you saw him, you'd be like, "That's exactly what I pictured." Yeah, just a weird little baby man, <laughs> baby man with orange with skin, baby and hands. hair. Yeah, <laughs> why not? I like and like he 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 still like adheres to that weird like '80s style of like the wide suits. You know, he never got out of the yeah. He's yeah. yeah he's he like never got out of the '80s, so he's wearing these wa- these wide suits. So he looks like. <laughs> it looks like if you put a suit on one of those like sumo wrestler costumes, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, um, 
Yeah, everything about him is just weird. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> He's just a weird dude. He's just a weird little guy. <laughs> Last episode, you mentioned how he believes that stealth bombers are literally invisible. They're literally invisible. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, he never comes out and says it. But when you watch those clips, you're like, oh, this guy thinks This that guy thinks invisible. that it's invisible, that it's possible yeah. for things to I, be. I hope, they told, I hope they just don't tell him. I hope they never tell him. I think someone tried and he just won't believe it. Yeah, I feel like if, I, think, I think it would break his little heart. Yeah, his little heart. Poor little, poor little scamp. Um, poor little scamp of a president. He is like he is like a nine year old boy. Yeah, like that's who we have as president. He's a nine year old boy. Yep. Yeah. Well, hey, what can you do? He stands like a nine year old boy. You know, he, he stands has, like he's st- trying to be a big boy. Yeah, he stands with his like his arms just dangling. Just dangling. It's like it's like he puts on arms. <laughs> It's like he doesn't have arms, and then when he has to be in public, he's like, "Oh, can't forget my arms," and puts them on. And and they yeah. just sort of hang and then there, just like pops them in, yeah, and just, just pops them in they somehow. Move. And then he's yeah. standing there and he's going like, "Oh man, I can't." Like when I look at him, I just picture him thinking, "I can't wait to get home and take these fucking arms off." Yeah, can't stand it. Yeah. Absolutely can't stand it. I'm not 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 gonna blame him. All right. Anyway, so Jacques Derrida, we have to do we have to do a lot of context here, which uh, you're not gonna like. Um, All right. Okay. <laughs> what could this possibly mean? So, um, so what do you know, or what do you remember about postmodernism? We've talked about it a couple times. Um, Jay mentioned it a lot in his Jordan Peterson sure. Peterson episode. Well, you know, uh, it's pretty meta. Yeah, it is pretty meta. Yeah. Is that it? I mean. <laughs> that's actually not wrong. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So that's good. Right. But can you go into a little more detail about it? No. No. Okay. <laughs> no. He he physically can't, folks. No. I'm trying. I'm I'm straining to. But. Yeah. So okay. So postmodernism is this movement in philosophy that occurs sort of after modernism, obviously. <laughs> good lord. Um, so the afternoon is uh, what happens after noon. Yeah. Oh, exactly. great explanation, professor. Right. Way to go, Princeton fucking grad. But there's more to it than that. So with modernism... I don't know if there is. <laughs> you are such a fucking brat. Dude. Why? You are a brat. I'm just giving my opinion. I'm not give my opinion on my own podcast. I just I don't think there's much more to it. candles lit while we're doing this. Yeah, I have a, I have a, I have a vanilla candle lit <laughs> while we're talking. Yeah, about, why not? About French philosophy. This is this is such a sumptuous episode. Yeah, dude. Uh, we're eating. We're we, we have a, a bread plate in front of us. You know, uh, charcuterie. Oh man. Yeah. Um, okay. <clears throat> so modernism generally uh, in philosophy kind of talks about how there is this. It's it's basically this uh, this tradition or movement in philosophy that takes the mission of the enlightenment and says that that is like the right way to go okay they're they're all down with the enlightenment the enlightenment meaning like yeah you know uh uh human rationality taking precedence uh that uh everyone is created equal that everyone has the same experiences that science is the end-all be-all wow. of our of, of like how to explain the world that sort of thing hmm. all right in broad strokes that's sort of what modernism is okay sure so postmodernism is a reaction to that. It's saying that that's not it's that saying, doesn't saying pro- fuck you. Kind of, yeah. It does say like it, it kind of looks at modernism. It goes fuck you, <laughs> you know. It's Fox News. Yeah, it Fox News is all over. It Fox News is all all over modernism. Yeah. So postmodernism says you know the Enlightenment is not the end all be all of how to explain the universe. Uh, science is not the only way to explain our experience. Uh, we don't all have the same perspectives. And um, 
there is no grand narrative that will explain everything for us. Okay, everything is fragmented, everything is shattered, uh, and yeah, basically that there's no way to really tell. Uh, you know, from one perspective, there's no way to extrapolate like full knowledge of everything. Yeah. Okay. Why you're grinning in a way? No, I'm just but, thinking. Okay. What are you thinking about? Tell us. <laughs> I just thinking how mad you got just now. About what? Oh, <laughs> I said I don't think there was more to it. And you just got so mad. You stopped so talking because there's so much more to it. <laughs> there's so much. You more literally to it. stopped speaking, <laughs> and I was just sitting here remembering it and laughing to myself, just having a nice afternoon, thinking about my friend Ben being frustrated. <laughs> this is the the story of this podcast. Yeah, man. Okay, so, um. So that's kind of the general context of where postmodernism comes from. Now, there's a little bit more of some specific context. One is there was this uh, school of thought that was going on in France for a little while called structuralism. Okay. And structuralism. That is so boring. Hey, let's talk about structure. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. So maybe you'll like. Go for a walk. Maybe you'll like Derrida. You're so fucking bored. Maybe you'll like Derrida because he fought against this too. He thought it was boring. Okay. Good. So it's my kind of guy. Real quick, I have to explain structuralism so we can discuss post-structuralism. Okay. okay? So structuralism, <laughs> you look so annoyed. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> What's structuralism, Ben? <laughs> structuralism. I'd love to know. That's structuralism. <laughs> what is it called? Structuralism. What am I saying? You said structuralism. It's the same thing. No, it's not. It's a different letter. It's the same thing. <laughs> the same word. No, it's not. Now I'm laughing at how frustrated you're getting. This is just us taking turns laughing at each other while we're being frustrated. Yeah, it's a terrible podcast. <laughs> this is the worst. Um, so structuralism. No, structuralism. Structuralism. No, okay. Structuralism. Okay, good. Thank you. I was going to say, we're not going to move forward until Jack. you get it right. Um, My friend Jack. Jackie boy. Yeah. Jackie D. So actually, he says in his bio, he claims that he was uh, he was named Jackie. Uh, originally. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But right, uh, well, it's a it's a fascinating detail. Yeah, <laughs> his name is old Jackie. <laughs> ben boy. had to throw in old Jackie. Said D. Jackie. Yeah, yeah, Jackie D. <laughs> Jacques Derrida. What is on the cover of that book? Okay, so I'm holding up of Grammatology, which is his most famous work. Is that Horace? Uh, yeah, I believe it is. It's an Egyptian god on the cover of his book. Yeah, this guy. Okay, hold. Sorry, go back. So, what's his deal? Why does he have an Egyptian god on his book? Okay, so he's. we're going to get into this. So he talks about the difference between speech and writing, the difference between absence and presence, the difference between other and uh, and the center. Okay. This sounds like they already kind of... I feel like you're saying the difference between absence and presence. Mm-hmm. It, I feel like it's in the words already. We don't need to get into it. Oh. What's the difference between speech and writing? Well, one's speech and one is writing. Well, what do you think takes precedent? Takes between speech and writing? Yeah. Uh, probably speech. Okay, so he's going to say no. Oh, great. Well, <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> well, nothing yet, because you're not letting me talk. I'm just saying that a lot of this sounds like pretty obvious and trite bullshit. Okay, like what? Like what I just said. Like saying... You think speech is takes precedence over writing? No, no, no. Like, like the thing you said before, where it's like, what's the difference between... What were they again? Absence and presence was one yeah. of them. Speech and writing. What was the other one? Uh, the other versus the center. The center? Yeah. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> See? You well, listen. You know what? Maybe I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> well, hey. Okay. 
So structuralism. You got to start somewhere. Let's uh, let's go through structuralism really quick. I'm trying to. Okay. No, you're not. You're actively sabotaging me. So. Doesn't sound like me. <laughs> it doesn't sound like the relationship we have. <laughs> what? That's basically the premise of the podcast: is you actively sabotaging me. Well, <laughs> I'm just desperate to learn. No, you're not. I don't think you are. I am. I love to learn. <clears throat> okay, get rock hard for learning. Uh, I'm not seeing it. So, dude, every time I go over to a young woman's house, I bring a book with me. Yeah. Do you, do you drape the book over your boner? They, yeah, they have to like no, like like I'll bring it in and like <laughs> should be like, oh Pat, you know I can't wait to you know have premarital sex, and I'm like, yeah, give me a second, babe, and then I read uh you know, Confederacy of Dunces, the entire book. And then yeah. when I'm done, I'm like, all right, let's let's do this. How long does that take? Ah, a few hours. <laughs> but it's worth it, dude. A few hours. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's so you make it. this woman wait yeah. for several hours yeah. while you read a book. To get an erection. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, if that's how much I love learning. Okay, but you've already read the book. I enjoy the book. So you're not learning anything, though? No, because you, you, there's new things you you, re- you notice every time you read it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the thing about... All right, dude, nice save. Literature. <laughs> literature, yeah. I should um, love the lit love to get lit and read some lit. Read some lit? Fuck that clit. Oh, gross. <laughs> All right, so what's... Right. What? What else is it saying? Clit just stands for contemporary literature. <laughs> hey, guys, can you find the clit? Contemporary literature? Hey, excuse me, where's the clit section? Man, you that <laughs> you is so that. funny to say. You went to the library? And I said... Like I'm looking for the clit section. I'm looking... I cannot find the clit section. Yeah. I've been told it's not that hard to find, but I am just having a lot of difficulty. <laughs> it's almost like I don't care. <laughs> it's almost like I'm selfish. Yeah. You know? Okay, anyway. Come on, fellas. So you yeah. gotta <laughs> fellas. Look, and fellas, if you're listening, you gotta find that clip. All right, you just find that clip. Stop screwing around. It's not that hard. Yeah. It's upstairs. Take it from me. Noted sex haver, Pat Dean. The clit? Sex haver. Not too hard to find. <laughs> Noted. Yeah. <laughs> Noted sex haver. <laughs> Noted sex haver. Okay. So, <clears throat> okay. Structuralism, real quick. Basically, it's this theory that, um, so a lot of the this analysis is focused on the humanities and social sciences. So not so much like the hard sciences. Like uh, like physics and chemistry and all that. Yeah. But uh, things like uh, anthropology, psychology, sociology, um, uh, you know, literature, the humanities, like all the fake sciences, <laughs> um, they uh, all have this problem with uh, basically their focus of study. Is, what happens to a lot of guys? Is <laughs> their focus of study is us? It's humanity in some way or another, right? Sure. But that's a very, very fluid subject matter, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's really, first of all, it's hard to look inward. It's hard to really understand our own motives, our own purposes. Um, and it's just something that has been we've been dealing with for a while, right? Not really being able to know who we are. Does that sort of make sense? Yeah. Okay. So one approach that was really popular in like the 50s was this approach called structuralism, where... Um, it was spearheaded by this one guy named Claude Levi-Strauss, uh, who was this other French guy. 
he was an anthropologist, but he was also kind of a philosopher. And he wrote about how there are these hidden structures in human behavior and human communication that you can see through different timelines, through different uh, cultures. There are all these sort of constants that you can tell. Okay. Right? Uh, sort of like kinship relationships. Um, there's one example that they bring up. So, like, you know, in every culture, you see that there's always some sort of system of how, you know, how you're related to people is sacrosanct. Yeah, right? I've know? been the third wheel a lot. Yeah, well, there's sort of something like that. But there's, like, a mother, father, brother, sister, cousins, You right? know, people act like being, like, a third wheel isn't useful. You think it's not, you know? It's three. It's more than yeah. two. Yeah. I'm just saying that I feel like the third if wheel I was out somewhere, no, if, if I was out somewhere on a two-wheeled, you know, bike, <clears throat> right? one of the wheels came off. And I go, oh, here's you know this third wheel that I've been neglecting. I'll throw it on. Yeah, I feel like that was happens. a good wheel. Yeah, you know what? You're already sort of in line with uh, with what Derrida is about to say. Well, I've always liked this guy. Okay. <laughs> I feel like we get. I feel like we get you along. You are such a flip flopper. <laughs> like you, you are like exactly what what. Carrie was in the 2004 election. Oh yeah, big old flip flopper. Big old flip flopper. Um, I'm John Kerry. Uh, I think that. Are you doing a John Kerry impression yeah. right now? Here we go. I uh, my favorite. What's your my favorite food's chicken. What's your favorite food, Ben? <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, you know what? What's I'll your give favorite you. food, I'll Ben? Give it to you. Ben, what's your favorite food? My favorite food is. Oh man, lasagna. Oh, me too. Will you vote for me? <laughs> I thought you just said your favorite food was chicken. Oh, uh, I ch- upon further reflection, I've grown as a man. In the in the past two minutes, yeah, it's not a bad John Kerry. It's you know what I couldn't tell you if it was, so Hello. I have to accept it. <laughs> I think it is. Hey, it's me. You sound like you sound like Kirk Van Houten. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, he's a, can I borrow a feeling? But honey, I'm from Shelbyville, and it tears me up inside. <laughs> yeah. That's one of my favorite yeah. Simpsons jokes ever. <laughs> so that's it. So long. Good luck. <laughs> I don't recall I don't saying recall good luck. Saying good luck. <laughs> Everyone just shits on that poor guy, Kirk Van yeah. Houten. I sleep in a race car. Do you sleep in a race car? I sleep in a big bed with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need to one up to my Homer. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Enough quoting The Simpsons. Um. <laughs> Stupid, sexy Flanders, dude. When I was on the road, we looked up so many Simpsons tattoos. I might get, I might get a f- uh, flying hellfish. Ooh, that'd be a good one. Yeah, yeah. flying hellfish. Yeah, yeah. Or an inanimate carbon rod. <laughs> rod, rod. Did you s- rod. did you see the rod? <laughs> Um, there was this woman who came to the Valve and she did the banter show. Yeah. And um, she said she was moving to Los Angeles to pursue a career in uh, writing TV comedy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, on the banter show, she was asked about favorite Simpsons moment. And she was like, I've never watched The Simpsons. And I just remember thinking to myself, that sucks. you're going to pursue a career in writing for television. Yeah. And you've never watched The Simpsons. Yeah. Not just comedy in general. It's one thing if you're like, oh, I'm a comedian. No, I never watched that. Yeah. All right, whatever. But like, if you're the writing for thing. the TV, I mean, that's yeah. insane to me. That's so insane. I wish her nothing but failure. I mean, I wish nothing but the best. Uh, we've, we've, become, we've become very close. <laughs> no, you haven't. What's her name? <laughs> Brenda Hornsmith. 
You know, I'll give you credit for coming up with that name that fast, <laughs> even though it's clearly fake. Well, we do it a lot on the Landalax Corporation, <laughs> the other podcast that we... Yeah, check out the Landalax Corporation. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So anyway. All right. I don't even remember where we were. Where were we? Um. You, oh, okay. So... I think you can't find the clit. I think that's where we ended up. I've, I've never been able to find the clit. <laughs> <laughs> I say. You know what I say? I say, fuck that. Yeah, fuck that. Fellas... Fellas. Fellas. Um, no, so uh, structuralism. Right, okay, so there are all these like hidden uh, structures within within human relations I and human communication. Are. Okay. Wait, what'd you say? I said I bet there are. You bet there are? Yeah. Okay. So all of a sudden, all the post-structuralists, all these fucking French homos come in and they're like... <laughs> French? <laughs> yeah, these French homos. And they go... Good Lord. And they go, au contraire. Oh, or, you know, however they say that. Sure. Uh, and um, people like uh, Michel Foucault, uh, Jacques Derrida, uh, Félix Guattari, Ugh. Jacques Baudrillard. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Are these real? I'm just yeah. I'm, well, I'm Frenchifying the fuck out of their pronunciation right now. God damn. But uh, a lot of these guys, all these postmodernists, they come out and they call bullshit on this on this approach. And they're called post-structuralists because they say, "Nah, you must stop it." <laughs> you must uh, uh, arrête, arrête. Let's stop in French. Uh, <laughs> um, and they say, no, this is bullshit. But they all kind of have these different approaches. So Jacques Derrida has this really, really famous approach. Uh, and he talks to anybody who got a fucking, uh, like, a, uh, what's it called? Comparative lit degree or, a, uh, or an English degree or... Um, any sort of like humanities degree in like the past 20 years, ask them about deconstruction. Sure. They're going to have a lot to say about it. Have you heard of, of deconstruction? Yeah. Okay. Do you, what is deconstruction? Do you know? Uh, it's when there's a building that's been open for too long and they have to get rid of it. So they blow it up <laughs> and all the trash come watch it. <laughs> all the trash. There is nothing more white trash to me than watching a building be blown up. You know what? I you're right. Hey man, let's go downtown and watch that bank blow up. I'm Ben Chola. You're right, yeah. but you know what? It's fucking cool though. <laughs> it's cool to watch that shit. Hey man, I'm Big City Ben. I love watching stuff blow up. You know why? It makes a big old noise and it hurts your ears. Uh, I'm Ben. I got cable TV, but I would much rather go watch a building get blown up. You wouldn't. You wouldn't rather watch a building get blown up. No, in, in, in person. person. No. Why not? Who cares? It's the most it, white trash it shit. It looks so cool. I've ever heard in my fucking life. It sucks. The, the people who do that are the people Why do you hate who it? fucking rubberneck on the goddamn highway. Oh, look at that. Someone's a car's on the side of the road. I should stop and look at it. Yep, just what I it's thought. The a same car people. on the side of the road. It's the same people. No, just it's people, not. Just easily impressed nothings. It's not. It's fucking. It's fucking fascinating to watch it implode. Do you know how much goes into that to make sure it doesn't blow up? No, I don't. And I don't give a shit. Ugh, God, you do, you hate fun. You no, know? I don't. I love yeah, having do. fun. What I hate is, uh, you know, idiots like you <laughs> who fucking do dumb shit like that. Oh, let's go watch a building explode. Let's not. Okay. Let's eat a burger. Oh, that's not white trash. Eating a hamburger? Yeah, yeah. you're right. Eating a burger isn't white. Yeah, that's totally white trash. Eating dinner? Yeah, that, that, that's for uh, hillbillies, right, Ben? Oh, Wait, I have to eat hamburger? lunch. What are you, some kind of redneck? What's wrong with a you? A hamburger, though. Yeah. That's fucking white trash as hell. A hamburger? Yeah. What's white trash about a hamburger? It's a hamburger. 
Yeah, it's a hamburger. What's wrong with it? It's a fucking white trash thing they no, eat. No, it's not. Yes, it is. A hamburger? Yeah. What's white trash about that? It's a fucking ham and it's burger. That's not what a hamburger is. <laughs> You're from this country. I know you are. You can't trick me. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. I'm from this country. You finally admitted it. Son of a bitch. This is all a work. <laughs> it was a ruse. Son of a bitch. <laughs> well, guys, the cat's out of the bag. Ben was born in this country, and I just admitted it. <laughs> Well, go watch a building explode. I hope you're fucking happy. God damn, I'm good. God, I wish you and your whole entire family were inside that building. <laughs> it falls down on you and y'all get bludgeoned to death. That's what I hope. That's what I hope happens. Whenever I, The only reason I go to watch a building Why explode. Why do you hate that so much? The only reason I watch a building explode is I go, I hope Ben and his entire family are inside there. And I hope <laughs> this falls down on them. Okay. Well, this is actually a very good example of deconstruction. Is it? Yeah, it is. Because... Who would have thought that someone like me, an intellectual, intellectual, <laughs> would be so into watching buildings explode? I would have thought that about you the, f- the second I saw you. Really? I, I, yeah, I would look at you and I'd say, you know what that? Oh, oh I'm the type I, of guy who likes watching. I'd buildings flag explode. down everyone and I'd go, <laughs> hey guys, flag people down. I'd flag people down and I'd point <laughs> to you and I go, hey, look, there's a classless man. That's what I would say <laughs> if I ever saw you. So there's a man with no honor. I'd go, honey, look. It's that classless clod I told you about earlier, stomping around in clod. Yeah, you're a clod. <laughs> you're a classless clod. I've never heard you. I've never heard a living human being say clod, let alone you. Why not? It's such a great word. I mean, I mean it's great. It I've sounds never like heard, cloud. I know a clod. Clod. But not a clod like a French clod. No. Yeah. A classless clod, which is what you are. <laughs> a clod with no class. Okay. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> so, so hold on so what happens okay deconstruction so, deconstruction honestly really do you not know anything about it i know what it is you know what it is what yes. is it then it's when you uh explain things you no. break things down talk about where they come from talk about what they mean where they've been where they're going <laughs> okay fine that's a little better <laughs> okay so deconstruction is this is this approach that Derrida came up with where he basically takes a text, right? Uh, any significant text in in uh, like Western philosophy. Green eggs and ham? You could do it with green eggs and ham, sure. Um, you know, we could use that as an example. So basically, uh, in green eggs and ham, basically it's this guy who, what, his friend is like trying to get him to try green eggs and ham and he, he doesn't want to because what, they're green or something or they're weird? Yeah. That's like the general premise? Yeah, it's basically like, I don't like green eggs and ham, but then... Turns out he eats them. Uh-huh. I, I, I don't want to spoil what happens. Okay. Well, we kind of have to spoil what happens for this to, for this point to be made. Well, he loves them. He lo- he loves them at the he end. He eats right? those green eggs and ham. So he, it's it's the best eggs and ham he's ever had, had in his life. In his fucking life. <laughs> and then instantly regrets it, <laughs> and then immediately his family dies. <laughs> what can you do? Yeah. So. The lesson there, though, is what? The lesson there is don't judge a book by its cover, kind of. Kind of, yeah. So it's like, or, you know, be open to new experiences. Try something new. The motto of the story is sit down and eat. You're skin and bones. You're skin and bones. You're nothing. You're wasting away. Okay. So It's me, Ben's mother. What what Derrida says is that in, in Western philosophy and in, and in uh, the West's approach to the humanities for in general is that it it <coughs> it postulates this presence 
the center of like there's always something there. I'm Catholic. Uh, we were taught not to postulate. Not even but, like if you're married. But you prostrate. Hey, you can't. Uh, let me ask you something. You can't postulate in here. If you're Catholic. Yeah. And you're married. Are you allowed to J.O.? Are you never allowed to J.O.? No, you're not. I don't think you're. Well. You want me to give my my opinion? Sure. Okay. So you can't spill seed. Ew. <laughs> Good Lord. You can't spill seed in the act of J.O.ing. But I think you can, like, if it's part of your, like... Love making? Yeah, if it's part of your game. With your wife? Yeah. Ew. Yeah, like, if it's part of your thing, like, you and you and Mrs. Dean. My wife? Yeah. Yes. If you're, like, if you're like about to make love... Yeah. And, if and part I can't of that, wait to make love to yeah, my wife, dude. But if part of that is, like, is like both of you watching each other, J.O., you can do that. You're allowed to do that, but you can't nut. If you nut, you have to... Put it right in her, right in her pee. Who? Wait, where did you learn this from? Did you learn this, or is this you just thinking? I learned it from 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 our Catholic school that we went to. Okay, because I was gonna bring this up because one time, Doctor Hogan gave a very explicit, yeah, very explanation yeah. for when you're allowed to use a condom. Yeah, there's some and it specific... was very graphic, and yeah. I don't know why. He went into detail. Like I'm sure someone, I'm sure some you know dumb eighth grader thought they were being funny, and they were like, "Well, can you use a condom if you're married?" And then he was like, well, "Yeah, here's how." You know, and what? he gave an example. You know he could have just that kind of rules. That kind of rules. I guess to no to to fucking counter some shitty eighth grader who's like, "Hey, can I use a condom if I'm married?" And he's like, "Yeah, actually, you can. Here's the one specific yeah, example when was, you can." It was very specific. Because fuck that kid. It was very specific and very gross. Yeah. Later, he took uh, that kid out and fucked him. But <laughs> Lord. Yeah, that uh, that school got very graphic sometimes, which yeah. is kind of strange. No, but it's all very, it's all written down. Yeah. It's all, <laughs> it's all written down. So yeah, whatever. there's there's some specific. So you can jo. So you can't you can't jo. We can't jack off. You can just j. You can j. But then, as soon as you're about to o, you have to you have to stick it in her pee. Wow. Wow, I'm really glad we went off on that tangent. <laughs> Remember, we have a, a a Patreon that you can pay yeah, money you can for. Pay money <laughs> to listen to more of for this. more of this shit. <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, so that's Catholicism. <laughs> what a shitty religion. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a God. It's just gross, just filled with red wine and strange yeah. men. <laughs> red wine and strange men. Yeah. That's basically it. The Catholic Church store. The Catholic Church. Cheers to the Catholic Here's, Church. You know what? Here's the Catholic Church. <laughs> Without it, we'd go to hell when we die. Yeah, that's true. Remember, folks, if you're not Catholic, you're going to hell. Sorry. Um, so back to this guy. We've, we've, we've covered nothing. 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 Yeah. So... Derrida came up with deconstruction. Okay, so so let's take green eggs and ham. So green eggs and ham. I'm gonna try to deconstruct green eggs and ham. Why right not? Now. Okay. So the the message that everyone, for the most part, gets from it is, um, you know, you you should try something new. You should be open to new experiences. Things like that. Okay. Yeah. Now that's that's the message. That's the meaning, right? Would you say, behind the text? Yeah. Okay. So what Derrida is trying to show is that. What people take to be the meaning behind certain texts, 
there's no guarantee that that is the right meaning, that that's correct, the the correct interpretation. Sure. Okay. Um, now we would have to do a further reading of green eggs and ham, and we could do that if we had it in front of us, but that would be more painstaking, and for the purposes of this podcast, we're not going to do it. Okay. But let's go ahead and say that we can find certain clues, or or we can find certain reinterpretations that show that the real message or a potential alternate message is that by eating green eggs and ham, he has, the main character, has compromised his ideals and has, uh, you know, conformed in a way that is illegitimate and that he should have just stuck to his guns and say, I'm not going to try green eggs and ham. Like, yeah. why would you listen to some fucking schmuck coming up to you going, hey, try this new snack. Yeah, the guy's name You'll is love Sam it. I Am. Yeah. Yeah, my, his name rhymes. Why would you trust someone whose name rhymes? I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so that's deconstruction. He's basically casting doubt on the main perceived message of the uh, of the book and saying maybe you shouldn't have uh, be open to new experiences. Maybe you shouldn't be so willing to compromise your ideals and and try something new. Okay, and he's saying basically through deconstruction, he says there are clues within the text that could be shown to say the opposite of what is usually the perceived message. And he says that this applies to every single text. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Okay. So things like that. Things like, um, I don't know, name another book. Um, Like your favorite book. Or any book. It doesn't matter. How about Huck Finn? Okay. So what would you say is the main meaning or lesson or message of that book? Learning to accept other humans. Okay. Now... Is it conceivable that if you reread it, you could maybe find some clues that would lead to a different message? Uh, in certain sections of it. Certain if you, sections if you of ignore it? But, you, but you'd have to ignore other things. Okay. But if you ignore certain sections and just interpret the one section, right, how do you reconcile it with the rest of the book once you've established a new meaning in that one section? Wouldn't it contradict the rest of the book? Yes. Okay. So then if it contradicts the rest of the book, then doesn't the book kind of fall apart a little bit? I mean, t- I mean, yeah, but again, you'd have to ignore a lot of other stuff. You'd have to ignore a lot of stuff. Well, so there's a lot of like contingencies here, right? Yeah. Um. So <clears throat> again, I haven't read Huck Finn in like over a decade, so I don't really remember. Yeah. How the book goes, but you know, you could argue, or 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 Derrida would argue that you know he would he would pull up different different like passages from different parts of the book saying this sort of contradicts what your perceived message of the book is and he'd tie it all together and show that there is an overarching meaning behind the book that is opposite of what you think it is okay sure and so the point there is not to say that that's not correct or that the original perceived message is incorrect this is what a lot of people have problems with when they talk about Derrida is they're saying oh he's trying to get you to believe that the opposite is true about things that we've read. And he's not, he's not saying that. He's not saying that, like, the opposite of Huck Finn is to be really bigoted and prejudiced against everybody. Yeah. All right. He's not saying that. He's saying that just by going from the text, you could find an alternate interpretation. Okay? Sure. Well, there's a lot of controversy about that book. There is a lot of controversy about that book. There's a lot of controversy about almost any book you can think of. Yeah. Okay? Um, and that's sort of where he's getting at. He's getting at why would there be controversy about these different texts that are 
sort of sacrosanct in the canon of Western literature, you know, and not just Western literature, but this could apply to any book or any text. Okay, if if it's possible to deconstruct any text, right, and and subvert the original message or meaning of any text, then what does that say about the text itself? What that says is there is no there is no ultimate or or coherent or objective meaning behind any text. It's yeah. all just the meaning that we apply to it, right? Mm-hmm. And then the meaning that we apply to a text can change through time, through different cultures, through different emotional attitudes, things like that, okay? And so this is all to get to this main point of his, which is that there's always this drive towards a presence in, in interpreting things, that there has to be something behind a text or a sign but he's saying that there isn't. There is no objective thing that lies behind the text. It's all just play, is what he calls it. It's all just an interplay of differences. Sure. Okay. And this pisses people off a lot. Whoa. Yeah, people get really, really mad about this because they say, no, a text is a system of symbols that is supposed to depict uh, a meaning behind it. And that meaning is supposed to be stable, right? And what Derrida is saying is that that meaning that lies behind the text is not stable. It is unstable. And it could be reinterpreted into something different. And people fucking hate that. (laughs) People really hate that. And so here we're going to get into our new segment. Whoa. Philosophy Beefs. Philosophy Beefs? Yeah, Philosophy Beefs. So there's that's interesting because normally our segments are us uh, trying food. Yeah, trying new. It's food. just us eating well, while we Victoria record. is not here to cook for us. So yeah, that is really upsetting. Yeah, fuck you, Vic. Yeah, where 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 are you right where now? Where is Vic? Oh, I have to go to work. Yeah, you know what? No, fuck that segment. We're gonna lead into our newest segment called "Fuck You, Vic." Fuck you, Vic. Slash, where are you, Vic? We're hungry. It's called "Where Are You, Vic?" Comma, we're hungry. We're hungry. <laughs> yeah, because there's nothing. There's no Vic here. I was uh, I might have been inebriated last night. Uh-huh. Might have been. Yeah, I might have been. And uh, <laughs> and I was uh, cooking pasta, and like I guess I just put like not enough water in. I put the, the heater I, on. Too I hot. saw the pot in the in it's the ruined. Sink. There's it's just there's just bits of pasta <laughs> stuck to the bottom, and I was like, oh no. And I put it in the sink, and I was like, oh, I'll clean this tomorrow. And then I woke up, and Victoria had already started to clean it, and I was like, Did you, <laughs> you sorry. Should, you should text the picture of it. And go, what Victoria the fuck is this? Like, Vic, what the fuck? Why haven't you finished cleaning this? Yeah, Yo. just be such an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Look what happens when you're not here. <laughs> Meanwhile, you've been gone for four days for like a week and a half. <laughs> what a disaster. <laughs> okay. God. <laughs> we're horrible. <laughs> yeah, we're not the best. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, that was our latest segment. Where the fuck is Vic? Yeah. Um, now our new segment. What was our new segment? Philosophy beefs. Philosophy beefs. Thank you. Uh, all right. Philosophy beefs. Jacques Derrida got into a huge fight with. I love it when these guys fight with uh, with slap boxers. Yeah, with this guy. <laughs> yeah, basically they're just like slapping each other with this guy named John Searle. You'll remember Searle. You'll remember John Searle. You remember John Searle? Uh, that no, name he's, a bell? Ter- he's a terrible name. Okay, so he was the guy the who named Searle. Yeah, John Searle. Great. He came up with Great to the, meet you, John. He came up with the uh, Chinese room thought Oh, experiment, this remember? guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then why? I don't want to so, talk about this guy. Well, we don't have to talk about him too much, but basically 
John Searle and John and Jacques Derrida got into a like a like a decade and a half slap fight. Really? Yeah, they like exchanged words because basically John Searle didn't like Jacques Derrida because he thought that his philosophy didn't make sense, and Jacques Derrida didn't like <laughs> John Searle because he thought that his his shit was pros- quote prosaic. Do you know what the word prosaic means? Uh yeah. Yeah, it's a really really fancy word for stupid. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and so they just they exchanged barbs, and uh, and yeah, and they, they just hated each other. It was pretty funny. <laughs> did these guys ever like meet in person? I don't think they ever did. I think they 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 tried to set up some debates, but their their relationship was so acrimonious, really, that they couldn't like they couldn't be in the same room together. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> yeah, they really. Didn't I think like they're each just other. in love with each other. They might be. Like, what if they just started kissing? <laughs> That's why I didn't have the debate because they knew yeah, that they, they would knew, be overcome they, with passion. That sexual tension was palpable because that's there's no reason to hate someone that much unless yeah. you used to be, be having sex with them. Well, they they not. never had sex. I think they just really wanted to. Yeah. They're poor looking, felt. Poor guys. Yeah. Yeah. What can you do? This guy. Uh, <laughs> you know what Chuck Dirty looked like? Uh no. So he was kind of he was kind of a sexy motherfucker. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look him up while you talk. Okay. He had a bouffant. <laughs> he had a bouffant fucking hairstyle. What? But it was it was instead of jet fucking black, it was <laughs> it was frosty white. He had this like really f- like like bright white head of hair. All right. <sighs> I'm doing a Google. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. He looks like he he was like a punk musician in England. Yeah, in London in like the eighties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, like he looks like he knows everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he kind of did. Um. Okay. So, so deconstruction. So here's just a little bit of uh, like last thoughts on him. Or we we still have some time. We can finish this up. Yeah, just a few minutes. Yeah, but um, so the main the main idea there is is his notion of absence and presence, absence oh, versus shit presence. Again. Yeah. And and uh, center versus other. Okay, so this kind of reaches back to his his uh, identity crisis, where um, you're you're hitting your allergy crisis. Yeah, I'm having an allergy crisis. I'm about to sneeze. Hold on, no, it's gone now. Okay, um, so I don't think I've ever not sneezed. I feel like I've just sneezed every single time I've had to sneeze. It's a living hell. It's a living hell. It's the worst experience in the entire world. (laughs) Really? Yeah, I hate it. Like when you feel like you're about to sneeze and you get that tickle in your nose and it just doesn't go away yeah. and you don't sneeze, it's never happened. I'd to me. like I'd like if someone handed me a gun, like a loaded gun, I'd shoot myself. Yeah, it's never happened to me, but I I could see that being <sighs> upsetting. It's like the worst. It's the worst experience. Hold on. Okay. So it's like the nerdiest thing. <laughs> <laughs> My allergies. I have no nose and I yeah. must sneeze. Yeah, yeah. The new basically. work of literature by Ben <laughs> Sherlock. <laughs> Yeah, what a prick. I have no nose and I must sneeze. What a prick you are! I am a prick, noseless prick. <sighs> you know this rat fink. I deserve death. Um. Okay. So. <laughs> uh. Okay. So this whole thing about uh, binary opposites. He he. So absence versus presence, speech versus writing. Uh-huh. Um. Uh. Other versus center. Uh, these are all things that he says are uh, that Western philosophy is preoccupied with, and he calls this logocentrism. Logocentrism is this term uh, that he sort of came up with, but it's it's in reference to 
Western philosophy's obsession for there being some sort of presence behind every sort of metaphysical term. Okay, so like, for example, behind every text, there has to be a concrete meaning behind it. Right. Yeah. Now, through deconstruction, he has shown that there doesn't have to be a concrete meaning behind every text. You can have a reinterpretation based on that text. Hell yeah. Okay. So that so the conclusion drawn there is that the one meaning that you think is there doesn't necessarily have to be there. So that presence is not guaranteed. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. So this upsets a lot of people because it's been the assumption for over 2,000 years since Plato that there is a presence behind the meaning of a text. And he says that there is no presence. There's actually just an absence. And the absence... The absence kind of makes like a... like So when a cartoon character runs through a wall and it leaves the shape of their outline yeah, in the wall... Yeah, it's my favorite thing in the world. Yeah. So that's sort of how he characterizes meaning behind a text. There's nothing there, right? The hole in the wall is nothing, right? Yeah. But it's defined by everything else around it. Sure. So that's what everyone thinks is a presence is actually that hole. It's actually an, o- an absence. Wow. Okay. So that hole, that like goofy shaped or Bugs Bunny shaped hole, is it, that's what everyone thinks is this concrete object of meaning that exists behind texts. But it's actually nothing. It depends on everything else around it. Okay. And... The way that it, that absence is shaped, right, to make a trace of a presence. So he calls it a trace of a presence. He calls that différence, which is like f- this word that he made up in French, which is a play Ooh, on words. I thought you weren't supposed to make up. Oh, wait, he's making it up from French. He's making it up within well, French. Well, then never mind. I apologize. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah, yeah he's allowed to do this. Jackie D. Yeah, Jackie D. And the great country of France. And the great, the great country of France. Hmm. The kingdom of France. Uh, <laughs> they'd be so mad if we, if we called it that. <laughs> yeah, they don't, uh, historically. They're they, not cool with kings. No. Which is actually pretty tight. I think that's fucking tight as hell. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, fuck kings. We will cut your head off if you call yourself a king. <laughs> it's so tight. But anyway, so difference is the, is this, is this property that defines, uh, absences and turns them into a presence. Okay. Or a, the trace of a presence. I guess that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. But he says that that is not that is not a guaranteed thing. It's not something that's going to last forever. So if you take one text, say like a Shakespeare play, right? You read it at the time when it's first published, right? It's fucking wild. You know, uh, people are burning down buildings over it. Right. Okay. Then five hundred. Yeah. Years then later, the time, then Ben would go watch it. Yeah, it's just to watch it burn down, yeah. and I'd be like, <laughs> um. But uh, I'm saving up for a yo-yo. <laughs> <laughs> yo-yo. <laughs> um, man, a flaming yo-yo would be kind of tight. Yeah, dude. You dip it in fire and then you just like throw it at people. What if there's like a superhero that has like is really good good at yo-yos, but like the yo-yo is made of fire? Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what I'd do. <laughs> sounds tight though. <laughs> it sounds pretty cool, right? Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll table that. Um, but anyway, so 500 years later, you read this. Uh, Shakespeare play uh, and maybe you get a new reinterpretation for it. Why do you get a new reinterpretation for it? Because you're a different person at the time. You're viewing it or reading it. Uh, The context is totally different. You have all this historical baggage that it's carried with it that has reshaped this absence, right? The absence of presence. Yeah. 
and turn it into a new thing. So all of a sudden, the shape of the cartoon hole in the wall used to be goofy, and now it's like Daffy Duck. Dude, I'm gonna release a like a easy listening, like a new age album, and mm-hmm. call it "The Absence of Presence." The Absence of Presence. The yeah. new album by Pat Dean. Yeah. So la- last few things, just to get this over with. So this applies to all sorts of binaries. Yeah. Right. So there's speech versus writing. Right. So Rousseau, remember Rousseau, our good friend Rousseau? Oh, yeah, man. He, Charlie Rousseau. Charlie Rousseau. What? Jean-Jacques Rousseau. No, that's what I said. Did you, did you, did you just say Charlie because you couldn't remember his real first yeah. name? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but, so you know, no, it's kind of like how uh, Robert is Bobby. Yeah. If you're Jean, you're... Uh, it's Johnny, Johnny <laughs> Jack. Yeah. Johnny Jack Rousseau. You're Charlie. This is not Charlie. Oh, man. This is not Charlie. It's this, this is wrong. <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe I got wrong information, but where I come from, that's Charlie, brother. John is Charlie. Uh, yeah. No, it's not. You've never you, heard that before. No. Are you serious? Yeah. John is Charlie. You've never heard that before. Shut up. Well, it's, yeah. Well, it's not real. Okay. God damn it. Fuck you, man. What? <laughs> well, I'm just okay. Whatever. You. you you know what? You're really good at keeping a straight face. Well, that's what makes you such a talented stand-up comedian. <laughs> oh, yeah. You owe me 20 bucks. For what? Because we bet on the last episode that if if the tour goes well, you owe me 20 bucks. If the tour goes poorly, I owe you 60 bucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot we did that. Yeah. Huh. Isn't that convenient? <clears throat> yeah, no, it's, it's coming. <laughs> it's okay you don't really have to pay me or just just invested in something else for the podcast but anyway um what was i just talking about oh yeah so speech and writing so uh charlie Rousseau. yeah charlie Rousseau. he uh chuck yeah chuck Rousseau. <laughs> he wrote uh, a lot about how speech is more pure than writing because speech you can get your your meaning meaning from one person to another more quickly yeah right but um in order to explain this he's writing a tract about it right so derrida immediately calls him on it and says well why are you writing something down about how speech is better than writing obviously you felt the need to write something about it dang to explain how speech is better than writing so if speech is better than writing if speech is more natural which is what rousseau claims if speech is more ra- uh, nat- natural, why do you have to, uh, why do you have to imbue it with this property through an artificial method like writing? Why do you have to justify it through this artificial method of writing? Hmm. That implies that speech is incomplete and needs the supplemental aspect to it, which is writing. Yeah. Okay. So through there. He deconstructs the very notion of speech being better than writing. And so invert he, he flips the script. He flips the script on Rousseau. Dang. Right. Was, was Rousseau like, oh, hell no. Well, not really, because Rousseau was dead by like several hundred years. Oh, well, oh real yeah. brave you, Jacques. <laughs> well, yeah, but he doesn't give a shit. He's a, he's a punk musician from the 80s. He yeah. knows everybody. Um, so there's that. So there's that speech and writing, there's okay. absence and presence. Then there's the last thing is um, the center versus the other. 
So every single institution in in politics. So he, he, his intention was to show how deconstruction could work as a method of criticism for not just literature but for politics as well. That there's a political aspect to it, and he shows that with um, with this dichotomy between you know you know what dichotomy means. Yes. Okay. Good. I don't know. Sometimes I have to ask. <laughs> so, so uh, this dichotomy between center and other right there are political institutions that declare certain people as citizens and certain people as having a privileged position yeah right um and that they get this this status they earn the status through how the institutions treat them uh and so you look at the institutions themselves things like you know the courts uh, the law, the corporations, man, corporations. Sure. Yeah. Corporations, banking, um, you know, voting rights, uh, representation, whatever, whatever it takes to w- whatever institutions collect themselves into a state. You look at how they operate and you see, well, who do they benefit? Well, they benefit a center, something people who constitute, you know, a center, um, but he he says or Derrida says that you can look at all these institutions, see how they operate, and you can also reinterpret them to show how they would also include marginalized people. Okay, those are the others. So marginalized people like colonized people or um, people of different races, people of different genders, people uh, uh, who identify uh, uh, with different religions or different cultures, different ethnicities, all that stuff. And he shows that these. Uh, institutions and them being fluid in how they represent people could also apply to these marginalized minorities and through there he shows how these institutions don't have to benefit the center the you know straight white males yes they can be reapplied to include other people like Ben like me yeah sure hmm so why is there an Egyptian god on the cover of his book well, because I don't know why exactly. That's just how this. What this? I don't. This is just a this one publication of it. So, so hold on. So he doesn't talk about Egyptian gods. Well, he does for a little bit, but as he just passes on it briefly, he doesn't really talk about Egyptian gods. He talks about hieroglyphs. Okay. As a system of writing, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. To have it. Yeah, because when I saw on the cover, I kept looking at it, and I was like. Is that just like a dude, or is that like a beaked god of Egypt, of ancient Egypt? It's not a dude. Yeah, it is a beak. It's a beaked god. It's a. I think you know, it is Horus. I will say. Of no, all, I don't think it's Horus actually. Of all but. these pagan religions that you and I detest so much. Yeah. The good Catholics. The good, good Catholics, Catholics that we are. I think ancient Egyptian is probably the best one. Really, you like them the best? Yeah. Why? Because it's just weird. There's like cat women. And dudes, they, they, they put your heart on a scale at the end of your life and shit. Yeah, that's pretty tight. It's just wild. I like Anubis a lot. Anubis, the Anubis names are good. Tight. Anubis, Osiris. Yeah. You know what I mean? Osiris uh, is uh, a lot of people A lot of people claim a lot of... Uh, oh, try to say that it's a, a Christ thing? Yeah, like that's where the Christ myth came from. I don't see it. Really? No. Because <laughs> Christ is real. Oh, okay. <laughs> Osiris was made up. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you know, by some uh, Egyptian some guy, f- fever dream driven yeah. Egyptian guy. Yeah, just some guy who ate the wrong root, <laughs> and 
and then invented a religion. Yeah. He saw God, isn't that tight? What if you ate the wrong plant? And you hallucinated yeah. an entire system of belief into yeah. place? Yeah. Um, That's pretty fucking and tight. And we'll never know that guy's name. Yeah, we'll never, he'll ne- we'll we'll, never know. It, we'll never. Why, why would we? Just some cog in a machine, except the machine isn't even real. But, you know. You still got to follow the machine, brother. You were, you looked off to the side, and you looked so far away. <laughs> <laughs> when you said that, it was just like another cog in the machine. And then you just kind of... Yeah, man. Breathe. <laughs> well, what can you do? Well, I, li- I kind of like this guy. Really? Yeah. Okay. That, that's very surprising. I thought you would hate him. No, but it just I'm, doesn't I'm take shit. Especially from that fucking... That Searle guy? You didn't yeah. like that Searle guy, so no, yeah. No, I didn't. <laughs> You're a continental philosopher, I think. Dude, that's I think I've you're been telling into you continental that stuff, yeah. For I have known you since you were 14. Yeah. 20 years I've known since you, you were bitch 14. ass and I've been telling you I'm, yeah, I'm before a continental. Yeah, before we before either of us knew the difference. Hey man. <laughs> you know, more than yeah. words. It's like a it's like a, that song by Extreme. Okay. I don't know that song. Yeah, why why, why would you? <laughs> uh but yeah, I like this guy. I think I think we can put him in the in the western canon. Okay. Cool. So it's the final test. That's what we're gonna do. Pat, Pat is the is the final boss of of the at Western the end, canon. At the end, the end of every game. episode, yeah. I'll say if I would admit this person to the Western canon or not. Yeah. And this guy's in. He's the it's, first one. It's Cicero, Alan Bloom, and then Pat Dean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So pass all those tests. Jock, you made it, buddy. <coughs> oh, sorry. I'll sorry. see it's, you in the. Sorry, it's gold... Cicero, Alan Bloom, Goro, and then and then <laughs> Pat Dean. Yeah. Goro. <laughs> yeah, you have to defeat Goro in hand-to-hand combat. Yeah, <laughs> hit him in the balls. Hand to hands combat. Yeah, <laughs> Jock, I will see you in the golden fields of it, Western Canon in Elysium. Yeah, in Elysium. Hell yeah! And if you don't, here, here's what it is: you either join me in the golden field of Elysium, mm-hmm. uh, or I cast you into a lake of salt and fire. Shit. So that's what it is. So so far, it's just him. Maybe at some point we'll go back and we'll rate all the other ones. Yeah, we got to do the other ones. Maybe we'll do a bonus episode where I rate all the other ones. Okay. We'll we'll see what happens. (laughs) That would be really funny. We just go by and rate them. (laughs) Don't talk about them. We just say... You just give each one of them a number. Done. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Seven and above, you're in the Western canon. Let's do... Let's do... Let's do that for... Uh, like our hundredth episode after yeah. our hundredth episode. Okay, okay. I'll I'll rate all of them. Yeah, <laughs> I'll say whether or not they join me in in, <laughs> in Elysium, uh-huh. or I throw them into a lake of salt and fire. Yeah, that's so tight. <laughs> yeah. Done. Let's do it. Okay, cool. Well, Ben, I feel like we've had another successful episode. I think one more successful episode. Fifty nine. Can you believe it? Ah <laughs> oh, man, I can't even believe it. Yeah. So, friends, do this for us. Uh, if you have not already, go on to iTunes. You can write us a five-star review. Uh, write a few things you like about the episode. It helps us out greatly, Ben. Mm. Uh, we're also both on uh, Twitter.com. I'm at Pat Dean. Ben is at Gristleporn. G-R-I-S-T-L-E-P-O-R-N. Disgusting. Uh, <laughs> you can find us on Instagram, the IG, the kids call it. Mm-hmm. It stands for Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Insta. But it's Graham. just one word, so it should just be the I. Yeah. So, I don't know. You know, the kids got a lot of growing up to do. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> find us on uh, the IG. I'm at DeanManP on that. You're also at Gristleporn. I'm also I'm Gristleporn everywhere, baby. It's Gristleporn's all the way down, dude. Yeah. Uh, I will say this, though, Ben. Um, no, 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 no. Speaking no, no. of people Come on. that I want to throw into a lake of salt and fire. 
You know, we had a good week when yeah. you were gone. We didn't have to talk about this. Well, I'm back, baby, and so is my hatred. We're going to find the man. There's a guy out there who took at I Learn Nothing on Instagram. Yeah. So we have to be at I Learn Nothing podcast. Which and is like, how is that even legal? It's humiliating. Yeah. Every day I wake up, I want to jump off a bridge because of this. Well, well, not because of this, but it doesn't help. <laughs> so we're going to find the guy who's, who's squatting on that. I'm going to throw him into this lake of salt and fire behind RBM Food Mart. Yeah, this lake which resides behind the RBM Food it's Mart. It's a whole thing. On Manor Road. <laughs> yep, on Manor Road in Austin, Texas, 78722. Uh, well, he will burn forever and get salt in his wounds. Yeah. Uh, until then, again, find us on at I Learn Nothing Podcast. Podcast. Uh, thanks so much for checking us out. Again, write a five-star review. Yep. Uh, write a few words. Couple that of helps words. us. Um, I have updated the website, sort of. What? <laughs> so so you can check that out, ilearnnothing.com. What did you do? Um, oh, no, I just I just uploaded the most recent episodes. I've been slacking on that, and they weren't appearing. Oh, that's um, But, yeah, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be better at that. Also, check us out on uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, I Learn Nothing, Facebook, I Learn Nothing. Um, like we've mentioned before, if you guys have a topic that you'd like to discuss uh, that maybe slipped under our radar... <laughs> Let's Let us start, know. Let's start next week. We'll start doing that because I don't think we've actually done that. Well, we've done that. We've done that kind of like sporadically. I've, I've like cherry picked a couple. But oh, okay. uh, but yeah, there's a couple. There's a backlog that we were adding to the list. We have added to the list. So, you know, stay tuned for that. And also just know that we are listening and we will uh, get to these topics eventually. Also, uh, if you're checking this out when it comes up and you live in Austin, you can come to Cap City Comedy Club. On September 11th, we're doing a comedy show. <laughs> doesn't that feel? It feels so strange to say. It feels dirty. It feels really weird. Yeah. But it's a voter registration thing. So if you need to uh, register to vote, come on to Cap City Tuesday, September 11th. <laughs> we're gonna have a great time. Was it? Tu- it was Tuesday. The original. The, the it original, was. Yeah. <laughs> Saturn returns, Ben. Yeah. What can you do? Uh, anyway, keep on thinking hard, and remember, if you aren't Catholic, you're going you're to hell. Going to hell. International. International.